have come to the right place. Hope you love America. Hope you're tired of the same thing all day, every day. Bringing you a different point of view. Bringing you the right point of view. From an everyday American, recorded all over. No agenda, just America. Hello, welcome to episode three of Eric's America. I have a guest today. This is... My name is Zach Parsons, um, also known as his son. I'm 21 years old. I just graduated three years ago working in... I guess I'd be manufacturing. Is that that be considered? I guess yes. I'm in the manufacturing industry. Um, average everyday worker, nine to five, basically. So, so yeah, it's good to have uh, somebody besides me sitting here talking and droning on because I always talk to the wall, and that's never a fun thing. Takes a really long time to come up with an hour uh, talking to the wall. So, it's good. Uh, this is actually going to be your first. Uh, presidential election you get a vote in so that's cool uh you looking forward to that uh you know i am but i guess we really only have one option in my opinion i mean I, there's not really a lot to choose for i guess especially with a with a second second term president running um i don't get a i don't get a lot of choices so uh with everything going on i mean i am excited but also also kind of scared i'm hoping my my generation makes makes a good decision as well, uh, but as you can see with 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 the media, my generation is not known for making the best decisions on on candidates. So well, no, and the whole thing, the whole thing. I've been talking a lot about uh, the candidates and and some of their policies, and you know the insanity that is the fact that we are talking about a self-proclaimed socialist is leading the pack right now. So that's that's where we are. That's <laughs> that's America today apparently. Uh I didn't think in my lifetime I would see that, but uh you just never know. Um of course we got one guy buying his way into the election, but he does have to debate tomorrow <laughs> night. So I think we're all going to watch that. Um, that should be interesting. That's going to be a dumpster fire. <laughs> it is. It's definitely. It's going to be interesting because I mean, I mean, all of the Democratic debates have basically been a dumpster fire. And I remember <clears throat> when I was in high school, which is crazy now to think I was in high school for the last presidential election, but uh, for the last one between between uh, Hillary and Trump, I remember the debates, and it was just basically like thirteen-year-olds yelling at each other, and I'm. As far as I've seen in the Democratic debates, it's been the same thing. So I'm actually really excited. It's going to be very, very entertaining. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And the funny part is, the last time that Bernie was on a ticket with Hillary, I think uh, I was just talking about it, that the last time he did a New Hampshire primary with Hillary, he got 76% over Hillary. And this time he only managed to pull 26 So maybe people were... Uh, Deciding they don't like Bernie as much anymore, but I mean that certainly looks like it. I mean, if I got eighty, almost eighty percent, and then suddenly got only twenty percent, that would suck. So it would scare me a little bit. It, yeah, sure. it definitely wouldn't feel like I'm the front runner, and definitely wouldn't feel like I have the greatest grassroots movement in American history. Which I've heard that clip enough to make me nauseated. Um, no, no, there's not a grassroots movement. It's uh, some crazy people that uh, maybe we all should watch out for. So, uh, going on to some of the crazy things, uh, crazy stuff I've heard in the last, uh, few days. And of course there are a lot of crazy things going on. The one that's really bothering me is the money that's been given to colleges by these countries that I, I have no other idea why they would send money other than to influ influence future leaders, teachers, etc., which, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars coming from places like China, Russia, Iran, Saudi Arabia. It really blows my mind. Now, personally, when I was in school, I didn't have to deal with a huge bias towards the left. I really didn't. I grew up in a small town in West Virginia, very conservative. All my teachers were very conservative. The biggest debate they ever had was if science should teach creationism along with darwinism and that was a huge debate but other than that there wasn't much of a debate but you 
actually had to deal with a lot of this when you were going to high school here. So yeah. that's uh, that's something I thought would be interesting and maybe a symptom of, of this. Um, and actually, I got a story for you. So, um, God, looking back, it's it's my senior year, um, and I and in my high school. Uh, you were required as a senior. I know that it used to be a lot different. It used to be able to, um, if you finished all your credits early, you were able to graduate early. But um, as <clears throat> in today's society, it's a little different now. You have a lot more uh, required senior credits that, that you must take. And some of it can be good, some of it can be bad, um, such as senior finance, things like that, that taught you you know, how to account balance and uh, the correct way to finance anything from mortgages to vehicles which I thought was, was a really helpful, helpful, helpful thing. But, um, the downside of that is I was forced to take a class also known as contemporary literature and contemporary literature for, um, is exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's modern literature. And, uh, my said teacher, I'm not, I'm not going to name names. We're just going to call her Mrs. B. There you go. Um, Mrs. B was definitely on the far other side of the aisle as I was. And um, just to get an idea of, of the kind of ideals that we're talking about, my first day of class, we were uh, brought in, handed out the, the syllabus as any other high school course would. And um, the first thing she pulls up is, I don't know if you've heard about this, but it was a book from, uh, I'm assuming, mid-50s to early 60s. And it was a, they, there was basically a book written on how to be a good housewife, Okay. And as you know, times have definitely changed with women. Definitely. There's definitely not as much of a push for women to be housewives nowadays. Um, but back then, society was different. There was different societal pressure. And um, there was just a lot of those kind of crude comments towards men about how times haven't changed. And there was that kind of perspective drawn. And honestly, it made me not want to show up to class even more. And fellow predecessors in, in said class... Um, we're just as upset as I was, and it's just that kind of ideology that I think is really dangerous to a youth when you're not giving both perspectives on on any topic. I mean, yeah. Well, apparently, it's it is a uh, huge issue here. I remember uh, one of the first people I dated when I moved here. Um, somehow, we got on the subject of politics. Oh, that's never good for a first date. No, no, not at all. But. <laughs> The topic came up, and I said, "Well, you know, I, I, you know, I said, you know, I'm pretty much, you know, more on the conservative side, and no, I'm not voting for, you know, this left person or that left person." And they're like, "Why, you know, just completely dumbfounded." And they're like, "But you're poor, so that means you have to be a Democrat." <laughs> And I looked at them like they were an alien. I mean, really, like, what kind of statement is that? What does it matter? You know, your your beliefs are your beliefs. I'm not really sure. And, you know, I've been around them long enough to know some of their, like, core values. And I'm like, wait a second. You know, you believe this way on this and think this on this subject. How are you possibly voting for Democrats? And she goes, well, they told us in school that poor people were Democrats and rich people were Republicans. And I'm thinking, what the actual <laughs> fuck are you talking about? This is definitely what school did you go to? I mean, I mean, was this in China? What the hell school are you going to that just you know puts it out there like that? It's not only is it completely wrong, but I just I can't even imagine someone who would not even higher education, someone that has a high school education, could come out with that like dumbed down answer of what parties are and that just goes to show you how easy it is to put somebody in place such as a teacher or somebody of influence who has a lean whether it be one way or another and you you dumb things down and tell kids hey well you know if you think this then this is obviously the party why are you trying to get kids in political parties when they're in, in elementary school and, and, and middle school? I mean, what the hell? That's kind of the crazy indoctrination <laughs> that, you know, is, is in places that, you know, we read about horror stories of, you know, communist Russia or, or red China. You know, they're indoctrinating their small children into political parties, you know, instead of 
as I personally advocate, listen to all sides, see what makes sense to you, see what registers with you, and that's pretty much going to be a good barometer of where you fall, and not just on one topic of money, but it goes to the whole thing of identity politics. It really does. I mean, if you run out of a message that appeals to most of America, you just have to go to that and say, well, if, if you're black, then you have to be this. If you're Asian, well, you have to be this. If you're poor, you have to be this. And that's it's absolutely destructive to our process because there are a whole lot of people in all those groups, if they took the time, listen to both sides, listen to what's going on, I guarantee you they're not going to, end, at the end of the day, be in the you know, political group that they're supposed to be in. And that, um, that is a scary thing. It's very scary. And like exactly. I say, I really think that's why these countries... We're sending hundreds of millions of dollars to places like Harvard and Yale. I can't imagine another reason. I'm sure it's not to do studies on how to make their countries better because I'm pretty sure they're not open to interpretation. Uh, let's start. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, going back to that to that topic, it's crazy because you've seen such a shift. I mean, um, it, it is really difficult now. I mean, me going through school is really difficult being a young conservative. And... Um, not just not just on a social level, really, because I'm not really that conservative on a social level, but even an economic level, it was it was insane, and it, it's became almost rebellious to be a young conservative, and that's crazy to think because there's a total shift. I mean, back in back during uh, conformity in the in the early fifty or late fifties, early sixties, it was it was complete rebellion to be more liberal, and. And, you know, I was taught things like same said teacher. Um, we, part of our course curriculum was A Brave New World. And and we were taught almost the opposite meaning of what they were trying to get to in A Brave New World. Is that if you create socialism on any kind of level, whether it's economic or social, um, you, it's pretty much insanity. I mean, that's that's basically the what I got from the book and what most people should take from the book. But, you know, you're taught that, you know, it's the other side. It's right. Well, you know, we laughed about a show we saw the other night where the guy said, well, I believe this because it's literally written down. And, uh, you know, we kind of laughed about that. But at the same time, that's the kind of idea that you're talking about. It was literally written down. It's literally what it says. And somebody takes it and goes, oh, no, no. No, that's not what they meant. And it's like, wait a right, second. We're talking about the Constitution, right? Is that right. the basic well, no, understanding? No, it was the show we watched the other night where uh, they were looking for the Roanoke oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, colony. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, well, yeah. I think they went here because they literally inscribed it on a piece of wood that this is where they went. Right. And exactly. everybody's like, no, they went here. They went there. And this guy's like, nope, I'm pretty sure they went where they wrote down they were going. And... Uh, you know, we laughed about it. It's like, yep, well, that guy seems to have some sense. But it's literally taking that idea and going, well, no, that's not what they meant. You know, they meant something else. And I know we could go on for hours about the Constitution, how people have yeah. turned and twisted, you know, things, uh, you know, especially with the Second Amendment. That's always a hot debate. You know, people are like, well, no, it's for militias. It's for this. It's for that. I mean, it was Thomas Jefferson said in his own words literally if the government fears its people you have liberty people that fear the government there is tyranny this is the most important reason for citizens to have and retain the right to bear arms it's literally it's not open for interpretation he literally said that it's for the people to have weapons in case the government gets way out of control that we have the power to fight back. So I don't care what anybody's interpretation or whatever of it is. That's literally why it was written. And he then wrote down exactly why he put this in there. And, you know, that's that's the first step. And that no, <clears throat> make no mistake about it. That is the first step of taking away your freedom because if you have no means to fight back then there's no reason for them to listen to you any longer period like thomas Paine's common sense right i mean you have to be highly educated to be that over analytically stupid yes yes well i mean i was 
complaining about it in the last episode that apparently no one has calculators. So that that's that was my that was my thing. No one has cal- they don't teach math. There's no math. There's no math. There's only social programs and social uh, ideas and ideology. Absolutely no math taught in the Ivy League. I would like someone to prove me wrong because I've heard a lot of those people talking lately. None of them apparently understand basic math. Uh, it really kills me. It does. Because, you know, if you don't have the money to pay for something, but, you know, you're out there with it on a bumper sticker and everything else, pushing it headlong like there's no tomorrow, then I have a question. I have a big question. Like, did you study any form of mathematics? I mean, it doesn't take doesn't take a crazy um, calculus equation to figure out that you don't have the money and how that's going to come about. Dude, you know I went through, like, one semester of college. <laughs> right. I mean... Not because I dropped out or anything, I just, you know, we haven't afforded to go back yet. But, I mean, I took English 101, part of my basic curriculum. You know how many strongly leftist articles I had to analyze and hold my tongue while I was red in the face, not screaming at my at my professor, who, by the way, I'm not trying to stereotype what a leftist looks like, but she, if there were, that would be a check on all the boxes. You know, and I... I'd have a couple people try to challenge it, and, you know, I just, I kept my mouth shut, because I was like, you know what, it's not worth it, we're paying money for me to go here anyway, I just need to get my grade to move on, and if I have any advice for anybody like me that's young and tries to um, defy tests in the sense of, um, there was a debate going on around um, between right and wrong test answers in the sense of subjective uh, test questions, if they, you know, my advice to you is that swallow your pride, do the test, make straight A's, make millions when you get out, and then crush them with all your money. <laughs> That's yeah. basically. I think I figured it out. I think they all look like uh, Jake Tapper and Anderson Cooper. I think <laughs> I think they all look that way. And what was hilarious was the other night when they had McCabe on there talking to Anderson Cooper, and they had matching glasses. That's that was awesome. that was the perfect thing. I'm like, dude, it literally looks like the pictures that I saw in history class when they were talking about uh, like spies and stuff they would pick up in uh, the 60s from Russia. Like this guy's a Russian spy and they'd show him and he had like the state issued like black glasses. <laughs> and I, the other night I'm sitting there watching they like have Anderson Cooper and McCabe and they have matching glasses. I'm like, dude, look, they got, they, they have the state issued glasses. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's freaky, but I mean, I'm telling you, that's what it looks like to me. It's, <laughs> I see that picture. I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, I know what they're about. Apparently, um, which I don't get, I don't understand. Um, the biggest thing I don't understand is the whole thing. You know, Bernie has his his talking points, and he's one of the ones out there making the most noise. And yeah. the huge problem for me is when I hear somebody that that is that rich and has been very rich, and out there talking about how the wealthy are going to pay for everything. Well, that includes him, right? I mean, he's going to give away sixty percent of his fortune. To people, I guess I'll believe it when I see it, right? Uh, we're talking about people that have never spent a day like him and Bloomberg and 90% of these people. None of these people have spent a single day in their lives other than when they're out here, you know, doing their stump speeches all over. Have never spent a day near common people. Period. Right. Never. <laughs> I guarantee you Mike Bloomberg still is like stacking the people like they're like, oh, you get those people further back. You know, I don't want them too close. You know, make sure. <laughs> well, also they have personal security. Right. You know, it's, <laughs> and to hear people like that go on and on and on and on about how they care about this person and that person, they care about, you know, the Mexican guy that, you know, can't read or write English and, you know, has no citizenship, but he, he finally got across the border and he wants to be an American and that's their big cause. Well, you have millions of Americans apparently Homeless. I mean, the, the homeless rate in LA is absolutely asinine, and to see that there there are policies being brought forth in LA to give homeless people more rights to sleep on streets. I mean, how 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 ridiculous can you get? I mean, they're first of all with the amount of taxes they pay in LA, 
They should, they, they should be able to choose where homeless people go on a personal level, for Christ's sake. I mean, you right. should be able to choose the trash bags that they put over their heads when I it mean, rains. You would think. You would think they would have, like, a Taj Mahal-style homeless shelter. <laughs> but but for the fact of, fact of <clears throat> having your kids around... I mean, I'm not saying all homeless people are bad people, because obviously not. But there are a large statistic of them, and you can look up the statistics, that are dangerous, drug-addicted people. Right. Um, that's most of the time how they became homeless in the first place is because they had some sort of addiction, mm-hmm. right? That's why 90% of people, whether whatever side of the aisle you lay on, I guarantee you roll up to a stoplight and see the man holding the sign and just roll your window up and look the other right. way. Right. And, and because you know he's going to use it for wrong. But to, to have um, policies being brought forth to let them pretty much have command over sidewalks in L.A. when you have people trying to raise children, when you have innocent women, all, all these kind of things, walking there daily, I mean, it's just, it's that kind of ideal that is completely dangerous. Oh, yeah, I mean, well, you're, you're glorifying something that should definitely not be glorified. I want the best for them. I want them to better themselves. But that doesn't include me passing policy because they're never going to succeed in that environment. They're never going to succeed if you keep just letting it happen and, and encouraging it almost. Well, no, and the other problem you have is bail reform that's going on in New York and L.A., which is just... The most insane thing, although I did see the guy they arrested last night while he's like, you know, they're hauling him off to jail for his five minutes in jail before they, you know, kick him back out. And he's like yelling that he's making 300 bucks a day robbing people. And thanks to the Democrats, now you can't stop me. And I'm like, I was like, wow. I mean, he was pissed. He's like, yeah, you can't stop me. He goes, they love me up there. They know what I'm about. And I'm like, dude. Like, this is what you want to run on. This is what you're going to put in front of the the American people and say, hey, this is the best policy ever. We're going to give homeless people better benches instead of trying to fix the reason they're homeless to begin with. And, you know, we're just going to like, you know, whatever. Criminal, that's fine. You know, and apparently unless you murder somebody, they're just going to let you out of jail. And if you show back up fine if you don't well nobody's coming after you unless it's you know really really worth their time um you know they're not coming back back after you because there is no bail system anymore so you have no bail bondsman you have nobody to go out and look for you to collect the money you know and that was the whole idea was somebody if you don't show back up you don't care about the money there's somebody on the hook for that money that cares about (laughs) it that's going to go find you and bring you back and now you just throw away all that and Obviously, my own my only conclusion is they really, really hate the American people because if all you're worried about is giving illegal immigrants more rights and giving them driver's license, but absolutely do not care what happens to you know everyday people that are trying to just work and raise a family because you don't care about you know keeping people who are truly dangerous you don't want to keep them in prison you don't want to prosecute anybody you want to give them all you know give people that are technically still residents of another country by the way that's that's a good point i I hate to hear that all the time well they're illegal immigrants well no they're not if they are from mexico then they're mexican nationals that slipped across the border let's let's stop giving them a label they are still mexican citizens and like i say if they want to fix their country Go back and fix your country. We're trying to work on ours right now. Right. We need to figure ours out first, and then we can worry about fixing yours. I don't know. Maybe maybe one of these guys could go be the president of Mexico. I mean, they seem to be... They're desperate need for one. I'll tell you they, I mean, it sounds like they need one down there, and and they are pretty much... Uh, they're kind of... I don't even know what... Is Mexico a socialist? Um, no, they have a president. Although I'm going to be honest. I'm very uneducated on I'm, the regime of Mexico. I am very, very... I I'm mean, going to have know, to look that up. I know they have a president. Basically, I know it's really bad. That, that, yeah. I, <laughs> that's, that extends my education on the government. I don't know. You know, apparently there's really nice places to go. I mean, they have great historical sites. They have Cancun and Mazatlan. Oh, and it's lots pretty. Of I've heard it's a lot really of beautiful corrupt, place. though. Oh, yeah, it is. It's very corrupt. Well, I mean, you know, if we get somebody like Bloomberg, apparently that's going to be the way the U.S. is. You just, you know, get enough money and that's fine. Um, You know, which, to be fair, you know, people threw a big fit about, you know, Trump. Trump was a billionaire. He got elected. But the big difference is the fact he did not spend 
million hundreds of millions of dollars of his own money and basically swamp everything you know without ever going out and actually debating or making a, a real speech or anything or even being on a ballot i mean apparently i was looking at it today apparently he spent over 400 million dollars already he's yet to be on a ballot i'm not sure how that works there must be an expectation here right there must be an expectation and and i think honestly what it is because if you it's funny because now now that bernie's gained some traction even bernie himself is trying to downplay his own radical ideas right? right they're trying to say well he's not really a socialist anymore which is completely asinine because literally that's his entire campaign and yeah. it has been his entire campaign and they're just trying to downplay it and i think that's that's where the bloomberg comes in is because they're desperately heaving somebody it's a it's a hail mary it's aaron Rodgers with 10 seconds left on the clock realizing we just lost new hampshire and iowa we need somebody for the love of god yeah well to, to step up and i think know, they're just throwing bloomberg out there in a desperate hope the crazy part is like all these candidates that are out there right now although i don't know i mean who knows what bloomberg stands for i have no idea He's got some memes, um, and he's done a lot of apologizing for crap that he said before, so I have no idea what he actually has in mind to do whatsoever, but the rest of them have all signed on for stuff like Medicare for All and coming up with a single-payer system, which means the government's going to control your health care, period. That's not a and-or. Just to be sure, because I know a lot of people are confused on this, thinking that it's something like Obamacare. It is absolutely not. It is government health care or nothing else because part of the plan is to make private insurance illegal. So you either go to the government hospital, which to me sounds terrifying, but you either go to the government hospital or a government doctor or you don't get health care, which sounds American as hell, right? I mean, no choice. No, I, you know. Why would you have choices? This is America. I, uh, that blows my mind to start with. And the fact that they keep touting the fact that, oh, this is every, all, all modernized countries have this healthcare system. No, they have a universal healthcare for, that everyone can be a part of. But the single payer system is not what they're talking about there's like one or two countries that have it they are basically third world countries it is terrible it's horrible even the people in like the uk and canada that you know that have they've talked to about this and said oh, a single payer system like oh hell no 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 that's not what you want we have you know the government health care nobody goes there people just go to the places where they can use their credit card or whatever to pay for better medical but is that really the option we're going to? Like, you're either going to go to the state-run place that sounds terrible because obviously you can't afford it. Yeah, because anything government-ran sucks. I'm just telling you that. I'm, well, that and the fact that where's the money coming from for all of it? I mean, these people are complaining all the time that all the rich people aren't paying enough in. Do you think just because Bernie gets out there and starts saying it that they're going to suddenly start paying it? I don't know where this delusion comes from. I mean, the beauty of really what it boils down to, and obviously you know this, but um, the beauty of capitalism and free market is constant competition means constant improvement, right? And I, I don't understand where there's this perception where healthcare is going to get better and cheaper. That's just not going to... When you socialize anything, it, it's been proven time and time again, it gets more expensive and worse. I mean, the reason why... Um, I mean, not in this state because we live in Michigan and car insurance is actually heavily socialized with the little thing called no-fault insurance. But in places because like... it's the most expensive in the country. By exactly. the way, just worse than California. We have one thing that's worse than California in Michigan, and that's paying for car insurance because it's socialized and it's expensive as hell. I, I mean... Let's put this in perspective. As an 18-year-old owning his first car... For POPD, which is complete bottom line, it just covers me, so I basically don't die if I ever get into a car crash. Covers nothing about my car. Was three hundred and fifty-four dollars a month, lower than the car payment to buy the, the car. car. Exactly. No, nonetheless, um, basically, we see it in 
back to the free market idea. Uh, we, we see this in states like uh, West Virginia, like we're from, um, for basically full coverage for a two-door sports car that uh, is about 80 bucks. That's for full coverage. Why? Because because auto insurance on there is privatized. It's right. constant competition. You you cause a an ideal that you have to compete with your competitor. And how do you do that? You lower prices and you increase what you get for said price. That's how you get customers. And that's the beauty. That, that's that's how you would increase the quality of healthcare along with lowering the price of healthcare. Right. Maybe that's one thing, you know, speaking of that, maybe that's something that has been lost maybe with uh, schools or, or what have you is teaching basic economics. And I don't know that that is taught correctly i mean uh, um, correctly correctly, i'm I'm not sure because you really differentiate what makes solid economy and i'm not saying that you have to go and try to teach high schools the you know to be cpas i'm not going that far but to get a good grasp on how economy actually works and how a free market system truly works and i think that that part is lost because I think if people fully understood it better, you would not even be talking about somebody like Bernie running for president. You just wouldn't. No. no. You wouldn't because people would be like, oh, no, no thanks. I'm good. I'll pass. And maybe and maybe that'll be the answer here soon. I mean, we don't I don't know. It's early. It's early. I mean, you know, they talk about, oh well, you know, after these next couple primaries, we'll know who's gonna win. That's not necessarily true. I mean, I'm old enough to have lived through uh uh, the 90s when uh, Bill Clinton lost, I think, 15 of the first 19 primaries and then ended up going and, and spending eight, yeah, getting the nomination, <laughs> spending eight years as a president. So, so yeah, anything could happen from here out. So that's that's not really there. But it's to me, it's scary because I see all these candidates and usually I like to see somebody on the other side that I would say, okay, if they get elected, I don't want them to get elected, but if they do, I'm not really scared. This election is truly different in the fact that if any of these people get elected, I'm not just scared for me. I'm scared for a lot of people, and it's not some stupid thing like, oh, well, they said something mean, or I'm afraid they're going to do this. They're literally talking about destroying our economy, turning everything on its head to fit some weird socialist idea that is not what the majority of the people want. So I'm not sure how that's not supposed to happen in our system, but apparently it can. Do the founding fathers would have an absolute massive coronary. Yeah. They would have an aneurysm. Oh, for sure. Oh my Lord. I mean, I, maybe it's just cause I got done watching Washington and I'm just, I was thinking about it heavily today. Um, but <clears throat> the amount of hardship that they went through for us to come to this conclusion, I guess, as a society. I mean, I can't say it's a conclusion yet because we're definitely no, still in early stages. No, definitely but, not. But to, for this to even be getting the media coverage that it's getting as as socialists, as a socialist regime becoming an, even an option, is... I. I'm literally lost for words. Yeah. Well, the I, one thing I thought was, you know, it'll be easier for Bernie to pay for everybody's college because the most expensive thing you go to college for is to be a doctor. And if you have state-run health care, no one's going to want to be a doctor. doctor. <laughs> so it's much easier to pay for people because not that many people are going to want to go for 12 years because there would be no point. There would be absolutely no point. They because of $50,000 a year yeah. to be... They're like, well, there's no... Uh, brain surgeon or something ridiculous. Right, right. I mean, you're going to get paid literally pennies. Pennies on the dollar of what you're getting paid now. So, therefore, yeah. I mean, free school? Yeah, well, of course I can pay for... You know, because nobody's going to be wanting to spend 12 years in school, four years as a resident, just to finally get the chance to be a real doctor when you're going to make less than, you know, the guy building your house. So, that's probably not going to be a great career path. And I don't know. I mean, that is the whole point. That's what you get to with these kind of societies. And that's something people aren't talking about. When you get to like this whole social order that he's spewing forth that everybody's going to be all fair and equal and we need to have, 
you know, all the people at the bottom need to get pushed up and the people at the top have to be pushed down. Well, what you get usually is a leveling out to where people aren't getting really incentivized to move forward. What's the use of spending all this time working hard to become, say, a really good engineer if it's state run and you're going to get this base salary and you're never moving up, you can't then move on. I mean, now you think about it. Well, I get my degree and I work here and I'm going to design a couple of these buildings over here. And then one day I'm going to move to somewhere amazing like New York or LA or Chicago and design these huge buildings. And I'm going to be, you know, immortalized in one of them. And that's never going to happen anymore. That's right. never going to happen anymore. That's the whole point. You take away every part of the dream from American dream. And that's, it's absolutely mortifying. It is. It's, it. and really when, when you, um, when, when you argue with the other side, I, I've learned that you can't win a fight on morality with statistics, meaning that a lot of, I'm not talking about, liberals here let's let's differentiate i i talk to people who are democrats and we may not agree on policies but i can respect them and we can have a civil debate now when we talk about leftists i think is a completely different entity that is is the equivalent of what they would consider an alt-right where they like to shut down debate so what you need what you have to do in those kind of circumstances is stop fighting the logical battle and start fighting the battle of morality and when i say that when it comes to socialism I don't know how you, and it's funny because me and my girlfriend just had this conversation last night. Um, but when when you talk about somebody who is passionate about the medical field, right? When we talk about socializing healthcare, passionate about the medical field, they go through, I mean, at least a decade of total schooling yep. to become, let's say, you know, a normal PhD doctor, right? Right. They get the a doctor GA. to become, yeah, a GA, a GA. General practice, sorry, GP, general practitioner, yeah. sorry. They go through all the schooling to become that. I don't know how you can look them in the eye. I, on a sense of morality, after they've spent tens of thousands of dollars to go to school for it, after they've put in the work, you haven't, You they put in the money, they put in the work, regardless of how they got it. Somebody put in work to get that money. Right. They get out, and you can look them in the eye after all that hard work and say you don't deserve to get paid any more than the trash man that has a basic GED that came mm-hmm. right out of high school and started working after you put all this time and money and energy into something that you were passionate about. And that scares me. Why? Because I don't know about you, but I, as as somebody who cares about my health, if I'm going to see a doctor, I would want them to be passionate about their field. I, I would that's want the them whole to want to be there. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the whole thing is it's... At its base, it tears away passion for anything. And the whole idea before when it's been tried many, many times and failed many, many times, they replace the passion that you would have about your job or your career or any of that. You're supposed to replace that passion with national pride so you can go expand all over the world and do all these things. And it's been done many, many times. And it usually comes to a you just horrible place. Replace that with national pride. Yes. Does that not sound like some Nazi propaganda? That is exactly what it is. Oh that's, my that lord! Was the exact, that's the exact. For some formula. people that hate this country, really want to love it to that extent. I mean, we're talking. That's, that is the formula. Dangerous territory. That is the formula. So the whole idea of this. Okay. I can agree that I wish everyone would have the very perfect opportunity and everything's perfect. But as reasonable people, we realize that as long as people are involved, nothing's fair, nothing's equal, nothing's going to be the same. You can't level the playing field to that degree. It absolutely cannot be done. So the whole idea is to do the best you can to give everybody the same opportunity that if you work hard, stay dedicated, you have passion for something, you can work your way up. You can achieve things. This does differ from all other places in the world, except a very few. This is why the rest of the world absolutely despises us. One of the main reasons, say the Middle East hates us. They hate us for many reasons. And no, it's not oil because we don't take their oil anymore. They don't hate us for taking their oil because we don't take it. We don't buy it. We don't do 
anything with them oil-wise anymore. But they really hate us because of the fact that, number one, they think we're all a bunch of crazy, porn-loving, <laughs> insane people that let our women go around, let our women go around. I yeah. did say that correct because that's the way they feel. Let our women go around half-dressed and all this and everything's terrible. We're all a bunch of, you know, immoral, horrible people. And because that's not how they believe. They believe that, you know, they are ex very sexist, horribly so, horribly oppressive. So there's many reasons other countries hate us. But the whole idea is because here it doesn't matter where you came from or who you are. If you put in the time and money and work your way up, you can achieve. Now, I'm not saying that I made the analogy at one point that should I be mad at Michael Jordan because I can't play basketball as well as him and how are we going to level that out? You can't. <laughs> you can't. But the same thing, does that does not mean that I can't in some other way or form build something that I'm very proud of, that I have worth, and that is one thing that socialism absolutely stamps out because there is no free enterprise once you take away those systems. It's government ran. You know, there's a quote uh, from Ben Shapiro. By the way, shout yeah. out to Ben Shapiro, friend of the show. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, he, he says the three things that you uh, have to do if you are poor to not stay poor in this country, right? And that is to graduate high school, get a job, don't have kids before you're married. Now, obviously, having kids before you're married is kind of a kind of not an agreeance of it's more of a religious statement than anything else because he is a Jew. But um, in other words, it just means don't have kids before you're financially and emotionally stable, right? right? Don't have kids too early, get a job, graduate high school. That's how you move up classes. And so far, it's worked for me. I mean, I have no kids yet. I've graduated high school and I've 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 stayed working and and so far I've definitely moved up some income brackets. So and you know I'm only 21. So right, it does work. And I didn't, and that's probably why I didn't go to college. I, there's a few reasons. Number one, I thought I was going to be um, a rock star, which you know, hey, who doesn't? But the whole idea is that I failed one of those. I did graduate high school. I have stayed working and uh, I did raise my son. So, hey, you know, we got two out of three and I am doing better now. We're not homeless. Hey. We're not homeless. We're not <laughs> homeless. I do own a home. Um, so it is it is getting better. But I see myself moving up. I do see myself moving up. There is always opportunity to achieve the only block you have to achieving especially in this country is yourself always 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 and i get so tired of hearing that that is not the case because we have programs in place whether you agree with them or not there are programs in place to help people get to that level they said, well, you know, somebody can't take on that kind of debt to go to college. I can't take on the kind of debt to go to college. <laughs> Nowhere near. But there are ways to get it. There are ways to get college paid for. There are ways to, uh, many ways to get educated in many different things, not just college, trade schools that pay well, all these different things that you can really make a great living. Now, my problem is I think the American dream got moved. It got moved on us somewhere. You know, when everybody came home from World War II, the American dream was to own a house, have a family, have a good steady job, and not be, you know, poor and starving. Seems pretty reasonable. It seems reasonable. It's a very <laughs> realistic way to look at things. You know, somehow we went from that to the American dream as if you win the lottery. <laughs> right. You're driving around in foreign cars. And stuff you know, like I mean, there weren't that many people doing it then. There's not a whole hell of a lot of people doing it now, but there are more doing it now than did it then. So don't let people lie to you. Don't let people lie to you and tell you we've went backwards because there are more millionaires and billionaires in America now than there were then um, for many different reasons. But the whole thing is not all, everybody is destined to be a millionaire or a billionaire, but we all can work and become. And the whole idea for me is we can move most people into middle class which is truly the American dream. Right. That is where the true American dream lies is in middle class to where you're not one bad 
point in your life away from being homeless. But see, my biggest issue is why there's millions of people leaving places like New York and the Northeast and, and California. It's because you have to have such an enormous amount of money to ever be truly middle class. Because even if you made a couple hundred thousand dollars a year in LA, you're you are one. Like you're middle class still. Like you are. Well, you are barely middle class because <laughs> you are only one. You are one bad episode away from being homeless just because so much regulation and crazy things that have come with crazy left regulations, rules, taxes. That there's no way to live unless you're making that or above. And that's crazy because there are many places in the country, if you're making 200 grand a year, you're living great. Oh, my goodness. You are living nice. So I wish I made 200 grand a year. You know how to do a 200 grand a year? Oh, yeah, there's a lot. Your, I wouldn't be in your home. That's right. You know, there's a lot of things. Um, there's a lot of things. And there's a, there's a ton of things that you can go into. But it's it just eats away at the principles that we were all brought up to believe that we were living under. And it takes all that and turns it on its head and gives all this creed, which I still don't get. Why is it that we're all so worried now about illegal immigrants? I, I haven't figured it out yet. Why are we so worried about this? I. What do you mean by so worried about? Like it seems to be the big topic everywhere. I even oh, saw that they're creating oh. a TV show about it now, which they ripped off. Uh, what was it? Um, what was the show? It's like an late it's a 90s show a party of five that now oh. is illegal immigrants and i'm like what what are we talking about here what, what what are we talking about like because it boils down to they have to have the left has always been about the next civil rights movement it's what it's always been i mean now the 1960s civil rights movement was a much needed movement obviously yes, yes. I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't but what i'm saying is that they need people who feel oppressed to win elections at the end of the day that, that's what it's about they have to cater to somebody who is being oppressed or else they don't win elections i mean uh barack obama did it bill clinton did it they did it by stifling the same amount of fear in the same group of people and now the only difference is is that now they're losing the black american vote right right they are they're starting to lose it there's a lot of uh african-american uh conservatives that i'm seeing which is great Bring more. Ben Carson, shout out for another show. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm telling you, more and more and more, all you have to do is stop listening. Because the whole idea is you got to keep people poor. Because you got to keep them needing you so you they'll keep voting for you. What's really scary to these people is groups, minority groups, becoming more empowered. Because then they don't need the Democratic Party anymore. They don't need programs anymore and that's actually what the conservative side of things is saying is hey we don't want to cater to this we want to help you get away from this we don't want minority america we just want america exactly we just want all to be a group and all to be doing well and not have to deal with all this anymore who said that best wasn't it morgan freeman when he was on that talk show and he said and he called him an African-American, and he said, don't call me that. And they're like, why? And he goes, because I don't believe in African-Americans. I believe in Americans. Americans. And that's the whole point. That is the whole point, and that is something that is definitely drowned out. And, you know, it does come from, like say, the fascism of political correctness. And to me, honestly, that makes the whole problem worse because I've heard from a lot of people that are, say, their special needs or something, and they say, you know what? I just wish I was treated like everybody else. I don't want anything special. I don't want to be called out for this or called out for that. I don't want to be treated bad. I just want to be normal. I just want to blend in. And I think that's very well said. I think a whole lot of these issues, most of them would go away if everybody would just shut up about them. Oh, yeah. Just let it go as, you know, just let it go down the road. I mean, why should we cater to one person for this? When it makes them feel singled out. You know what's better? Just treat them like everybody else. Go on. And if if nobody's making a big deal of it, then it's going to go away. I mean, and, and, you know, I think it gets skewed, too. Um, you know, a lot of 
a lot of the eye gouging statistics I think are are skewed in a way based on race instead of culture. I mean, there's definitely a cultural difference in in the towns of, of Baltimore and Detroit, right? To where you see um, significantly higher murder rates, you see significantly higher communities and single motherhood. I mean, we're talking 13% of the population is responsible for 50% of the murder in this country. You're talking about a 75% increase in the, in the single motherhood in, in black communities. I mean, it's... It, it, it's definitely a cultural difference because there's no there's no white man holding a gun to a black man's head saying knock this girl up and then leave. I mean, there, there's really not. It's a cultural difference when we start talking about these things. And this is what we should be paying attention to. This is how we help poor communities, poor black communities, instead of just shouting racism and and pointing fingers to help ghosts. change the culture. You know what I mean? Help help change the culture because if you if you raise any kind of child of any kind of ethnicity that there is a barricade in front of you. No matter what you try to do, no matter how badly you want to better your situation, there's always going to be a barricade to hold you down. Of course they're not going to succeed in that environment. If you raise any child that no matter what they do, they're helpless. Of course and that goes you're the not same way see an i mean if all you ever heard all your life is you're poor white trash and you're never going to be anything better then that's what you're you assume. most likely going to grow up to be poor white trash exactly and that's and that's the whole that's the whole point is you have to change it culturally and you know that was something that was the message for years and years and years and years and that was the message to say hey listen this is not this is not to, you know, cater to this. This is basically saying, hey, you're just, just be another American and stop worrying about race and everything else. Just achieve as an American. You know, that was the whole idea and the whole message. And then suddenly it's been flipped again. Oh, no, no, you know, that's not the way it is. It shouldn't be that way. We need to do something special here, something special there. And really, it just gives people an excuse for bad behavior. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see what's so brave about um, looting other black people's stores I don't and rioting against other black folks and and rioting against what against a democratically ran governments in these cities. And for those of you who don't know, I'm talking about the Baltimore riots because that still sparks me to this day. I mean, I just I same thing happened in L.A. Yeah, the L.A. riots were. The, the same kind of idea, but the L.A. riots back in the 80s, the police brutality thing was definitely a lot right. of Oh, no, no. No, I'm saying I would have probably thought completely different of it if they had went over to Brentwood and broke up some shit and said, <laughs> right. okay, listen, listen, you know, you guys did this and so we're coming to breaking some of your shit. You know, right. I, I would have probably been like, ah, okay, you know, that, that yeah, I can see that. You know, because personally, that's how I would feel. You know, if I was oppressed by the people down the street... And something bad happened. I'm going to their house to break their shit <laughs> I'm because not I'm not going to break shit. my own shit. <laughs> and that's the whole point. It's like you know, that's what I meant by that. It's yeah, like yeah. it's not that I disagree with why why it happened. I'm disagreeing with where they went. They should have went to Brentwood <laughs> and broke some shit. Um, you know, that probably would have worked out better. I guess in a way, I kind of do agree with them <laughs> writing against their own their own folk. Not not on a personal level. Not the actual store owners, mm. but their governments have just failed those cities terribly. Terribly. And it leaves it... I mean, you look at Detroit. I don't go to Detroit. I avoid it like the plague because it's sort of like a plague. And it's kind of sad. It's I, sad. I just went for it's the first depressing. time. I, I've lived in Michigan for about five, six years now. And I just went for the first time in the summer of 2016. And I I wasn't aware that there was that poor of cities that were that big still in the United States. And it is it's very sad. depressing. It's sad. It's depressing. And... You know, that comes back to a lot of the things that I've said about some of these people. You know, like the whole thing, my biggest issue with the the new Green Deal. You know, the whole idea is to, on the face of it, is to make our, make us better environmentally. And we're going to cut down emissions and we're going to do all this. But at the heart of it is taking what's left of our manufacturing and send it to China and people think I'm crazy, but it's, it's true. You're building electric cars and you want everybody to drive electric cars. All that stuff comes from China. You're going to kill all fossil fuels 
you're taking away all that industry from the U.S. and you're replacing it with, you know, batteries and all these products all right. come from outside the U.S. So essentially what you're doing is coming in and saying, okay, yeah, we're going to make us greener, but you're not. What you're doing is <laughs> you're still damaging the environment. You're just doing it in another country while shifting our economy, shutting it down here and setting them up better. Why is that? Why is that a plan? Well, just ask George Washington what it's like to get all your goods from strictly exports. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very easy for a country to control you then. They, very They easily. do have control. They yeah, do have control. Exactly. That's, that was one of the biggest reasons for putting ourselves in the position we are now. I mean, we hear a lot of uh, protests and everything else about, you know, the different things with, um, you know, getting oil and gas from the U.S. But people don't stop and think, who do we have to go to to get those products into the U.S.? We have to go to the Middle East or South America, two places that hate us very, very much and have in the past held us up because that was where we got our oil and natural right. gas from. And that's a reason that they're really, really probably hate us even worse now because we said, okay, fine, <laughs> keep your oil, find somebody else to sell it to. We're going to just get our own. And the whole thing with you know the environment, I don't know that there is a person on the face of the earth that's like, oh, yeah, we definitely need to screw up the environment. That's never the idea. That's <laughs> never the plan. The plan is, and especially when it comes to me, find a better way to do it. Don't tell me that, oh, just by, you know, getting electric cars, we're going to fix things. It's absolutely not. It's absolute fallacy. And what it does is take away a lot of American work and American jobs and just shifts it to China, who's already the biggest polluter in the world, absolutely by far, to say that we're in second place. Uh, let's see if I can do a comparison. Uh, it, we'd be in second place if I was racing my uh, 04 2500 against a Ferrari. <laughs> That's the kind of second place we're in to China. All right. <laughs> Not even in the same racetrack. <laughs> Not even close. Yes. Can we do better? Of course we can. And there's a lot of great ideas. I even have some great ideas. If I can get them on the table or figure out how to make them work, there are great ideas uh, to make things better. But this overwhelmed sweeping just, oh, yeah, we're going to throw $93 trillion at it and we're going to change everything. It's going to make things better. Actually, what you're going to do is bankrupt this country, bankrupt a lot of the businesses and make China really, really strong, which may be the plan. I'm not saying, I mean, we're talking about people that have, you know, we got Bloomberg who is rich because of China and you have Bernie who obviously has those leanings because he's into communism, socialism. I mean, I mean he was seen with his, with his shirt off in the seventies in Soviet Union. So these are the kind of people we're, well, we're he honeymooned in Moscow. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> let's just say, um, you know, and you wonder about stuff like that, like, how do you do that? As an American, I never thought like, man, I'd really like to vacation in Russia. That's never no. been a thought. That's never no. been a thing. I don't know of anybody. No, nobody I grew up with wanted to go to Russia. I've seen it. I've seen it on shows and stuff. Like, dude, that place looks terrible. <laughs> like, I don't want to go there. I mean, what are you going to? Their go language with? just seems like everything's yelling at you. To be it honest, <laughs> everything's very uppercase and very hard. Which you know, maybe that's another thing too. That was kind of the idea for years and years. Especially, I grew up part of the 80s I do remember I was a little young but part of the 80s I do remember and and that was the big thing was everything from Russia is hard and hard and I guess I mean when you have Siberia as your biggest landmass you're going to have to be you're going to have to be tough to deal with some Siberia I'm just saying it's funny I, mean, I wanted to read you this this tweet um it's from Senator Markey Ed Markey mm -hmm. uh since we were on the clean energy thing he says in quote Trump says there's a war on coal iPhones weren't a war on rotary phones, they were a revolution. The horse's carriage wasn't a war on horses. It was a revolution. The icebox wasn't a war on salted meats. It was a revolution. Clean energy isn't a war on coal. It's a revolution. Now, let me just let me just break this down. Um, first of all, iPhones weren't a war on rotary phones because I don't remember a rotary phone being around when iPhone <laughs> was invented, first of all. No. Second of all, the reason why iPhone was a revolution was because it was an obvious upgrade. We already had 
something else that was trash, right? Flip phones, I don't know if you remember, Razor phone was absolute yeah. garbage, right? Right. The problem with it is that clean energy isn't a war on coal, it's a revolution. We have no better alternative We don't right now. now. We don't. The iPhones were a clear better alternative than rotary phones, right? The, the horse's carriage was obviously a better Actually, a horse's carriage horse. actually would be more environmentally friendly than the car, so I don't exactly. know how that. I don't know how that works. And the icebox wasn't a war on saltimates; it was a revolution. Yes, because an icebox was revolutionary because it's a better alternative than just salting all your meat. But the problem with saying that clean energy is a war on coal; it's a revolution is the fact that we have no way of making anything cheaper or more efficient than coal right now. No, and we're going to talk about shutting down coal mines. Yeah, we just not like lights. No, we don't. We just want to go back to lamps well, and candles. I'm going to tell you something right now. I work in the wind industry, transporting these things, and I will tell you right now, I don't know if it's going to scare people, but I will guarantee you there's as much coal, as much, if not more coal, used to produce the massive amount of steel to make windmill towers as they are burning to make your lights. So before anybody comes and tells you how they're the cleanest thing in the world, and after so many years, yes, I guess you could offset that because they're running by the wind. But to make these things, you are burning an astronomical amount of coal to make that much steel. And trust me, it is a lot of steel. And we're not even getting into all the petroleum products it takes to make <laughs> everything else that goes along with it or transport them or anything close to that. Let's just say the carbon footprint is large. And yes, the idea is that it'll offset over 20 or 30 years. And that may be the case. But the thing is, if you're talking about all of a sudden, right now, we're going to shut it all down. It's ridiculous. Most people are logical enough to know that there are not the infrastructures in place, nor do we have a great alternative yet. Will there be an alternative in the future? I'm sure there will be. And yes, we all know that Coal will not last forever. There has to be something new. But why are people not working on something new that makes sense? We're going to stop mining one mineral to go mine four? Well, exactly. that seems stupid. If you literally put that to somebody, they would say, what, are you on something? Are you taking something? Did you just say we're going to stop mining one mineral to go mine four minerals? That seems like four times the problems. Well, yeah, it is. It really is. But hey, <laughs> that's no problem. That's no problem because it's not going to be here. So it's going to be fine. Although, if you're truly worried about the earth. I think we need to start talking about China. If we're, I mean, all the UN regulations that we had to go through. And basically, let me tell you what the UN is. The UN is basically the rest of the world saying what we're going to do and how we're going to use our money as the US. Mm -hmm. That's basically what the UN is. Mm -hmm. But anyway... There was regulations put in place, I forget the year, it was during the uh, Obama administration um, about clean energy, okay? Uh -huh. And America, this is when America reduced reduced our carbon footprint tremendously, yes. right? And China was supposed to be on the same deal. Let me just say, they haven't, not only not reduced it at all, but have increased it like 10 times over. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... The, the amount of smog in the atmosphere of China is like 10 times they're worse not, than They're not always wearing those masks because of coronavirus. Let me just say that. <laughs> If you see a postcard, it's kind of funny. Somebody mentioned this, I think, online the other day. If you see a postcard of a pristine like Chinese city, you can guarantee it's a really old picture because that only happens a couple times a year because you literally cannot see most of the cities most of the time because the air pollution is absolutely... It's just horrible. And everything's dying. I mean, there's a reason all these viruses and everything else come from China. I mean, you're talking about massive poverty you're talking about massive unregulated industries that really i mean because it's government ran so who are they going to report to the government they're already owned by the government see a problem i see a problem that's why we don't do it here bernie um but the same idea is that you know selling me that you know the government's going to take care of everything and watch themselves it, it happens the same way as it does if you unregulate everybody and let them do whatever they want. It's not going to turn out well. But yeah, it's it's an absolute... They are polluting their piece of the earth into oblivion. And everybody's just like, well, you know, we really need to worry about the U.S. and how much uh, pollution they, uh, they're putting out. Um, like I said, we are in a very, very distant second. 
And coming up very quickly is India, which is actually much more poverty ridden than China. And they're coming up very quickly to take over second from us. And so why are we worried so much about here? Why don't we worry about the people that aren't taking care of things? <laughs> but, and you would, if you were truly worried about the environment, if you truly cared about the environment, that is what you would be talking about. You wouldn't be talking about changing everything in America. You'd be like, well, we're going to be a lot harder on these countries that are polluting the earth into oblivion. But they're not. And that's no secret when you have one candidate that doesn't even know, apparently, that China is a communist country. Talking about Mike Bloomberg's I'm talking about Bloomberg sitting there going, well, they're not really, are they really communist? Yes, Mike, they're they're really communist. I'll be damned. 100%. I mean, I know I know you had them at your house, but trust me. Should we remind him of the one-child law? I remember yeah, one-child one law. That was kind of awful. It didn't work either. It didn't work either <laughs> because close. they, you know, they outnumber their their actual land mass is smaller than ours and they outnumber us by 1 billion there's 1.4 billion chinese 1.3 billion indians there's less than 400 million americans urinals must be hell oh dude i'm sure it's awful <laughs> dude can you imagine public restrooms it sounds man. terrible <laughs> sounds terrible but anyway i guess uh that'll be about it for this one i'm sure zach will be back to talk uh, i'm sure it was fun it was. Like it to. was good. Um, I think we actually ran over an hour this time. So, hey, wow. it's all good. It's a lot easier when you're talking with two people, huh? It is. We could go on for much, much longer. But anyway, that'll be all for this time. Check us out. Be on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave a review. Download. Listen. That'll be all. This is Eric from Eric's America. No Agenda. Just America. America.